Hey, what's going on, everyone? Welcome to another episode of About Abroad, where it's my job to introduce you to people who have built amazing lives for themselves in various foreign corners of the globe. We're talking with expats and thought leaders about moving abroad, remote work, visas, and all the fun and practical knowledge that you need to know to follow in their footsteps. If you've ever dreamed of making a life for yourself overseas, maybe working remotely or embracing long-term travel, retiring or studying abroad, or even just taking a peek inside life beyond your borders, you've landed in the right place. My guest today is Peter Hopwood. He is a British citizen that's been living in Croatia for quite a while now, and he shares a ton of information on what life is like as an expat in Croatia, from the north, where it's much more rural and more local, to the sunny south with a lot more expats and island life and everything in between. So Croatia is one of those hot spots uh, in the world where a lot of people are flocking to, and we thought it was great to uh, to dive into Croatia a little bit. We also talk a lot about his work as a TEDx speaking coach and someone who's transitioning to helping people present themselves from in-person to more of the virtual world and how you can do that successfully. So talking about some of the remote work principles and best practices around this was also really interesting since he is such a professional in this area. We had a great time talking. I hope you enjoy. Please help me in welcoming Peter to About Abroad. So your work beforehand, before COVID, was more so you were meeting with leaders and people who are going to be giving public speaking engagements, things like this, coaching them through their presence and their stage presence, pretty much, and their their delivery and their presentation. Is that correct? Is that fair absolutely, to say? absolutely. From CEOs who simply needed to speak in front of their teams with more confidence and more ease internally or even externally in front of uh, media or coming into the company, for example, um, to startups, founders who really need to impress in that investor pitch, you know, Mm. condensing these stories, the data, the ideas, bringing them down into something really simple, really impactful and something that everybody can understand. So it was pretty much that, like you say. How'd you get in? I'm curious about two things. Like, first of all, how'd you get into that? And then secondly, what is something you see very differently? Like, like I, I guess I'll phrase the second part of the question with an example. There are some people that are really good at on-screen presentations, but they may not be great at, in front. Of, maybe they get stage fright when they're actually in front of people and vice versa. I know some people that are really good on stage, but when you put them at the laptop and they try to present, they, it, it just doesn't have the same oomph that, that it does on stage. So give me a little background real quick on how you got to be in this position because it sounds really great. And then answer that question for me. So I, many years ago, something like 25 years ago, I, um, after my studies at uh, art school, I left and I, I left Britain uh, from, from a place called Watford near, near London. And I, I just had this, the the travel bug and I, I wanted to discover things and just curious. I went, so I went to live in Paris, Marseille, Malta, Madeira, so, so different jobs and, and a kind of mixture of, of working and studying. And these were, you know, over a period of, you know, a year, two years, five, I think it was about three and a half years in France. And 
And then I went to work for a, a, a British tour company, a, a tour operator. So literally um, working in resorts, um, welcoming British tourists to those resorts and, uh, and being their contact man, being their, their, their go-to person to make sure everything runs smoothly in terms of their holidays. So when they had complaints, they come to me. When they're not happy, they come to me. When they want to discover what to, to do in the resort, they come to me. So a lot of what I was doing was presenting. A lot of what I was doing was presenting myself for trying to be somebody, trying to be somebody, aiming to, to gain that trust so they would come to me and so I could help them, but also um, uh, help them discover what to, to do and, and, and see. So uh, that presenting role was, was uh, a selling role, really. So I was presenting constantly, constantly presenting in front of 100, 200, 300 people, something like four times a week, the same presentation every single time. So the same content. So I'm selling the same thing all the time. And when you do something, when you do something many, many times, you get really confident at it. But it doesn't necessarily mean you're good at it. Mm. Think about that. Whatever mm -hmm. we do many times, we think we our brain tells us that we get more confident at it and we feel stronger because we've done it many times. But that doesn't necessarily mean we, we're doing it in the right way, right? So. Correct. I realized sometimes I wasn't doing it in the right way. And how did I know? Because of the money coming into my, into my pocket every, every month, you know, sometimes it worked, <laughs> sometimes it didn't. And, and, and that all depend, you know, it depended on, I realized it. the big factors in this were how I felt about what I was talking about, how I moved, what I said, words I used the way I, I, I shared my messages and, and how they felt about me. Wow. I mean, you've really arrived at this point of, of really being in the epicenter of, of your craft. And, but when you talked a few minutes ago about the beginning of your story, it sounded like you were kind of trying to find your path a little bit. You, were, you lived in France for a little while. You lived in Madeira. You lived in uh, a couple other places. You eventually landed in Croatia. And so something I find really interesting, like I said, is like, like people that come on the show that end up living these really interesting, unique, exciting lives in various countries around the world, doing things that they're really passionate about. They often didn't get there literally. It wasn't just this like stepping stone path, like climbing a corporate ladder. You, you had to find your way through that, whether it was living in different places, trying different things. You started the, you know, by selling vacation packages to people and dealing with people mad at you that the clouds had rolled in, like you could change that and, and you end up where you are today. And so I think there's a lot to be said for like travel is a great way to, to educate yourself on who you are and learn more about the world and what you really want to do. And you obviously took that path. And so do you, you think that kind of helped like that, those travel experiences living in different countries, did that kind of help you get to where you are today? You think? Absolutely. No, 100%. So travel can help us in so many ways, right? It helps us, okay, feel good. It helps us sort of say to ourselves, wow, I, you know, I, my identity, I can take my identity somewhere else and discover something else around me, my environment. Mm -hmm. It can also help with, with confidence. And I think a lot of people, it does help a lot of people with their own self-confidence. You know, I, when I was a lot younger, when I first, the day I arrived in Paris, many years ago the first time I went when I went to Paris to live with all my bags I got into the room and I sat down and it was a shithole 
Um, <laughs> it really was. And I did think to myself, what the hell am I doing? What am I doing here? I know this and then, feeling and then, well. And then as the, you know, everything became really curious to me and wow, I've, I've, uh, I've left Watford and I've come to Paris and I'm, uh, my French is getting better day by day. I'm building up, uh, you know, short, small relationships with friends, creating a small group of friends around me. So it, it builds up confidence. And then I think that helps you to discover more. So from then on, I then went to the South of France, my mother's family, actually, she was French Maltese, were from Marseille. So it was an opportunity for me to sort of meet more of the family and mm. and, uh, and and discover another part of France, a completely different part of France in terms of la- in terms of language, culture, a feeling, and uh, and an attitude. And then again, it just gives you this this not a bug, but it gives you this confidence to say to yourself, "Well, I can, you know, where next?" And that, yeah. that was, I just kept doing that. And, and I think I did, I kind of neglected kind of career wise. I wasn't even thinking of really what my career is going to end up, you know, what, what it's going to be or what I'm going to do. My main concern was keep, keep moving and, and keep earning enough to, to, to get by really. And presenting when I got into the role of uh, working for the tour operator, again, it opened up lots of doors in terms of more travel because it was a travel company. But again, presenting uh, all these roles uh, I was in helped me to build up my own confidence in terms of presenting ideas, connecting with people, many times doing it really well and and sometimes not doing it uh, good at all. I want to ask you a little bit about Croatia and how Croatia came to be where you call home. You've been there for how many years? You said, tw- I think 20, you said 20 21 years. this year. Actually. 21 it's years. Actually in wow. a couple of days, I was thinking about it. A couple of days, it's going to be 21 years. And uh, I was actually thinking, so I don't really post on LinkedIn. It, it, my, my, you know, my, my page and, and what I share is, is all about um, speaking and virtual presence and trying to help people to, to, um, to master this rather than, more personal stuff about you know about Croatia and and tourism and um, all those kinds of things but I was thinking I might actually post just a post that that just says I'm here for 21 years and uh, and (laughs) it's funny how things just turn up and evolve and unfold without you really knowing it there are a lot of great things here as somebody living here you know quite quite different from perhaps somebody who would just kind of pop in and pop out as, as a visitor or a tourist or even a, a digital nomad. So, uh, but, but generally, you know, very happy here. My daughters are here. I married, I got married to a Croatian lady who, who I met when I first uh, came here to, to work uh, for that tour operator in another part of the country, a, a beautiful part of the country called Istria a lovely little town called Rovin. She was from the other part of the country, uh, in the northern part, in a, from a small, very small town, Baroque town, with a lovely castle called Valley. Oh. They call it the small Vienna, in fact, because uh. a lot of the architecture there and, and the, the churches were built by within the Austrian-Hungarian Empire and built by the same architects that actually constructed a lot of Vienna. So it's very small, very petite, pedestrianised centre, 
And that's where I spent most of like 15 years divorced. I divorced that, that lady. Um, <laughs> I had two daughters who were born in Croatia. They're Croatian naturally and, and, and half English because of their dad. When I divorced, I moved da- down to the coast. So again, a completely different place in terms of temperature, in terms of attitude to life, in terms of the culture and what happens here. This is this is really where the, the, the you know tourists come, visitors in the north are very different. I was the I was the only English. Well, I think there were there were two other Englishmen at the time in that town, <laughs> living there for years. So you know, I would very rarely speak to anybody who wasn't Croatian, which was great for my Croatian. In fact, to help me really improve and 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 really get a grasp of the language. Whereas coming here, it, it's completely different. You know, it's, it's it's lovely. Lots of different islands in front. Uh, then more, you know, more than a thousand islands across Croatia. But you know, a, a lot of that, a, a big bunch of those are actually here in this in this southern part of the the, the country. Yeah, it's uh, it's Croatia is, is very interesting because it has many different areas. A lot of people just simply often just come to the south, Dubrovnik, yeah. Split, Hvar, the islands. As a visitor, as a tourist, as as somebody to to soak up the sun and enjoy the the the, the culture here, which is wonderful. But in fact, there are many different areas. There's um, the northern part. There's Istria as well, which is close to Italy, and it's a lot more Italian mentality, and uh, maybe also hardworking as well. Slightly more hardworking in the south, which is quite common in with many different countries as well. Same in Spain as well. I, I'm yeah. sure. So I used to live in Granada. I lived in Granada for a while. And Mallorca. Well, I used to make I make tr- used to make trips quite often from Mallorca to Palma to, to Barcelona. For, for ah, okay. Things, yeah. I spent some um, time in Granada as well. Actually, I spent a month in Granada. I, I thought actually Granada was where I wanted to go. I had visited, and then said, "Oh, I think I want to live here." My wife yeah. and I did, and we we went and stayed for a month. We we ended up realizing it was a little too small for us, but gorgeous. Just yeah, I love that very place. Very small, um, but a but gorgeous little place. Yeah, I was there for about just under a year. And uh, it gave me a chance to kind of really d- discover the the Andalusia and, and all the the, the, yeah. the many things you can see there while you're there. Uh, but going back to Croatia, in terms of living here and and staying here, you know, again, I've got to, you've got to appreciate the things that uh, maybe you don't appreciate so much without really realizing it. Like crime is like there's no crime here, hardly hardly any crime. It's very safe, extremely safe, generally great place to bring up kids you know there's, there's different vibe here and even even as a tourist you know if you're looking for something slightly different in terms of you know not mass tourism you don't have the mass tourism here in july and august a lot, lot of people naturally yeah but it's not the same it's it's the prices here are slightly higher maybe than other like compared to package tour, tourism because we, we don't really have it here the, the prices are slightly higher which which is good because it actually doesn't doesn't attract so we don't really see football shirts so football mm. shirts <laughs> during the summer mallorca you'd see them everywhere spain valencia you'd see them everywhere right alicante Correct. You know, everywhere whereas here you don't really see football shirts at all which is a really good i think interesting reflection of <laughs> the people that come here people here are are you know they they want to discover the culture they want to they want that relaxation they want to see that it isn't as built up as as many other places so 
as a, as a visitor, as a tourist, it's great. We move on to the idea of, you know, digital nomads, which is really a hot topic right now in many countries around the world. Croatia has really taken up that idea and, and adopting adopting the many benefits of, of or helping digital nomads or digital nomads or remote workers choose Croatia as as their their destination. Yeah, and I mean it was it's already one of those I hate to I, up and coming isn't even the right word anymore because I think it's been it was up and coming probably on that on that sort of like uh digital nomad list or like the the world travelers of the world that are um looking for that kind of next European hotspot to go to. Croatia's been on that list for several years now. I think Dubrovnik's been photographed on Instagram more than anywhere in the in the world probably these last five five years or so but now with this digital nomad visa and and I think even more people getting access to full location independence and and remote work it could see it a whole new wave of like uh you know hey maybe we want to call this place home like like Peter's done you know maybe maybe we want to stay for years you know a year years or or longer you know great culture access to the rest of Europe, uh, beautiful beaches, amazing national parks. I mean, there's, there's a lot to love there. And I, I'm curious to see how this, this shift in the workplace and this access to this visa, for instance, for digital nomads, I wonder how it's going to shape things, you know, in, in this country that's, uh, it's got so much to offer. Yeah, really interesting. It's an interesting concept, and and uh, you know, so, so remember, uh, digital nomad. It's more of a permit than a visa. I'm um, letting you stay. I believe letting you stay until uh, you know up to a year. So uh, again, I think it's non-Euro. I'm not a high expert on this, but uh, I believe it's not for EU citizens. But if you're from outside of the EU, uh, it's a great place to stay longer than I think originally it was something like 90 days. You could stay here, but now you can actually live here for a year. There are restrictions in, in place, naturally, and certain things, mm-hmm. criteria you have to follow. But definitely, it's, it's a re- I think it is really a good place to, to settle for you know a month, six months, up to a year. There's no hassle here. You know, the lifestyle is pretty laid back, which in many ways can help you if you're a digital nomad naturally yeah and your work is not in croatia can really be a good thing because you can focus on on what you have to focus on but still enjoy the lifestyle and the relaxation and okay so digital the the bringing people to croatia isn't just about the the southern part of of the country although naturally because of the sunshine and the weather and the temperature the islands it seems to attract naturally more people coming here maybe than other parts of croatia so just having sunshine and a place where everybody can communicate really well in English, let's say. Uh-huh. Small things, but they mean a lot, you know? Yeah, yeah. We'll be right back to the show after a quick break for a note from our sponsor. This season is brought to you by my good friends over at Insured Nomads. They're the absolute best in the business when it comes to providing health, travel, and medical insurance for nomads, expats, and really just all forms of world travelers. I know insurance is often something that's overlooked when we're fantasizing about traveling the world, but it's absolutely necessity that we address this because often the policy you have in your home country isn't going to cover you while you're abroad. And it's also a requirement, as a lot of people may not realize, to actually buy private travel or expat insurance, as it's called sometimes to obtain a visa or even enter certain countries. 
So fortunately, there are companies like Insured Nomads to help us with this. Not only do they have excellent coverage and great prices, but they're also providing a first-class experience with additional perks and best-in-class technology via their app. It's, a, it's an amazing experience. I can't recommend it enough. Now, this is a company that was built by world travelers for world travelers. So they know what it's like to find yourself in a difficult medical situation abroad, and they want to keep you from having that same bad experience. So the next time you're planning a trip abroad, whether it's for a week or a lifetime, check out Insured Nomads via the link in the show notes. Okay, now back to the episode. You touched on this a minute ago, and I'm curious to pick your brain on it a little further as someone that's been there for, for 20 plus years. The difference between the North, the South, and let's maybe carve out a third area, which is kind of its own geographic thing, is the, is the islands. Can you kind of paint some broad strokes for us on like, generally what the, the North, if, if, you know, I'm, I'm thinking about this from the standpoint of like someone who's considering coming to Croatia yeah, now sure, and they're, sure. they're trying to pick where they're going to call home. Sure. You know, okay. Like, okay. Good. That's a good question. So, okay. Let's, if we pick on those three areas, so the North, and then we've got the South Dalmatia, let's say, and which is part, which is connected with, um, we'll connect Dubrovnik with that. And then the islands, which are, again, in the south, majority of them in the, in the south, uh, like far yeah. and islands like that. Okay, so the north, think rural, think hills, think you have the, the capital in, in, of Zagreb in the north. It's not too far from uh, Slovenian border, not too, not too far from the Hungarian border as well. But remember, it's quite rural. Outside of Zagreb, the city, the location, the destination you're looking for, a great compact uh, capital city uh, again uh, a lot more relaxed perhaps than other other cities uh, less hustle and bustle but still you can sort of find that cultural element certainly in the architecture and what you see and what you feel from the from the cafes from the interactions you have with the local people that live there as well there aren't too many you know aren't too many uh, for although more foreign nationals are coming to visit and stay the, the 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 kind of if we call it an expat community is still has never really been very big at all compared to you know the whole of the country or com even compared to other locations and destinations uh, around the world or around Europe so everywhere I've been there's, there's often been a, a large expat community which which is, is really small here so so that can have its benefits right so again outside of Zagreb it's very rural I lived in, in that very small town 40,000 45,000 people um, called Varajdin a petite nice a place where kind of everybody knew everybody's business <laughs> um, <laughs> so so visiting there for a day or two is lovely i really really would recommend it. if you're going to, if you're going to zagreb or if, if you're staying in zagreb and you want a day trip somewhere vanishing is certainly a, a place i would i would recommend however to live there is a, is a different is, is a different uh, different uh, kettle of fish really and for my situation because i was you know married uh, married there and so my whole world it was a croatian uh, my world was croatian Right. So, but if right. you're a digital nomad or you're coming to visit and you're staying there for six months or so, it's if you want to kind of be even more not secluded, but more kind of separated from real European life, I would say, I would say that's the kind of sort of northern, the northern small towns around Zagreb would, would be great for you. And some people want that. Some people like yeah. that rural lifestyle. Some people like that that um, uh, like the, the, those lovely views of, of hills and, and 
Yeah. And yeah. And also, and also it sounds like a bit of a disconnection from the expat community. Like, you know, <sighs> like you're not, no, you're not going to get, whereas maybe in the South, physically, you're yeah, physically, yeah, that's right. physically yeah. as we're all connecting now on, online, it makes everything a lot more connected anyway. Yeah. And that's at the end of the day, if you're a digital nomad, that's what you're, that's part of, of what you're doing, isn't it? Connecting. So it doesn't matter where you are physically. So physically, if you want to be, physically kind of um slightly more separated that that's the place to be if you come right the way down to the south where i am on the coast during the summertime it's um you know from from april may until end of september start of october it's it's you know lots of people from all around the world come here to visit for for week two week holiday 10 days to 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 relax and enjoy themselves so it, it has that it has that real kind of european bustle uh, and and kind of good vibe feel every day of the every day of those those months you know so yeah. people are outside coffee bars drinking not drinking beer I wouldn't say so beer is you don't really find too too many people like you do in other parts of other cities certainly the cities that I've lived in um, <laughs> one o'clock in the morning um, people drunk yeah. and. Behaving, <laughs> so so it's again been a, it's, been a dorm in Spain. Would that's would right, exactly. so it's completely <laughs> different from that. Completely different. So it's a great feel, great feel certainly here in the, in those months. Weather's great. It's a uh, a city where and there's, there are more and more expats visiting here and staying here. And so if you look at if we look at the whole of Croatia, where are most of 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 the people that are that are staying here that are, that are living here? We I would say majority are, are all along this this uh, Dalmatian coast. Certain number in, in in the capital, but majority a heat map. Let's say <laughs> the hotspots will be more more along the coast, and naturally because of because of the sunshine and because often in the past it would be because people like me who've married somebody from Croatia. I chose it because it gave me a chance to, to really enjoy the weather, which for me means a lot. So my, so my mother, as I say, was French Maltese. And so we, you know, I just think within me, I've got this kind of feel towards the sun and towards the sea. So living, so I, I think back in the, most of the places that I lived in, a lot of them started with M. Marseille, Malta, Madeira, Mallorca, and then, okay, Budapest, Paris, Rovin. <laughs> so different ones, but, but a lot of them started with M-A and a lot of them were islands. I just, it, so Malta, Madeira, on the coast there by the sea, by the sea in Marseille, uh, Mallorca. So, it, uh, so I kind of- I recognized this trend somehow, or I was yeah, going to bring somehow, this up actually. <laughs> somehow I've always been attracted to, to water. Maybe that's in my genes somewhere from my, my grandparents who are from Malta and that kind of trickled down somewhere. So I've ended up here 20, 21 years now in, in the country and I, you know, happy here and, and my kids are here. So- for me, it's, you know, for me, it's really my home now, whether it's, so even staying here for 21 years, whether it's, whether, you know, do I feel Croatian, more Croatian than British? That's another, that's a whole different story. And again, it all depends on where you're living and how society perceives you, I think, yeah. and how you perceive society. But, um, 
but uh, but that's a that's a whole new idea for another um uh, podcast episode <laughs> so that's <Dalmatia. laughs> we'll have to do a round two yeah if we look at the islands so the islands are sort of just uh, the many of them all along the coast from the north part to the south however majority you find the majority of islands are are in the in the south or this is really the islands that will attract people so you've got lots of lovely islands Khwar is a is a very popular island indeed um where they often where the rich and famous go and uh, when they come to croatia they pop over to there it's very uh, luxurious it's become a luxurious island quite expensive quite a lot more expensive not too expensive for for foreign foreign natives the foreign people that are coming here but maybe for the locals it's on the list of of places which are kind of more more expensive for for, for the local uh, people that that are from here but uh yeah lovely lovely place great uh great water all all around uh, all around those islands as well you've got other islands like a little smaller island a little further further way out called vis this is where mamma mia 2 if you think if you remember that film it was filmed on that island so there are you know many many there was a film called bliss actually not so long ago filmed here in split uh, as well so there are more film com- movie companies actually that are coming here and realizing it's uh, quite cheap to to set up their film film set here and less restrictions uh, but giving really good uh, give really good views and and images for their films so the islands are are great whether they're whether they're actually spots to live for more than six seven eight months up to a year again if you like to be secluded if you not secluded if separated perhaps more than maybe others Mm-hmm. If you want that, if you're really looking for that relaxed lifestyle, if you, because out of summer, out of the summer months, uh, the islands are, you know, really, uh, these are places which, you know, don't have much life at all. Right. And if you're prepared for that and you're ready for that and you appreciate that, then it's great. But it's very different. So the summer months, as they are in many, many places, Spain, it's very different because majority of the year you have this tourism going around, you know, all the way through. Mallorca is an island, although it changes after the summer, it still has winter sun and it's still as promoted as a winter sun destination, right? Right, right. Yeah. Whereas Croatia, we only have April till end of September, start of October. Oh, that's interesting. Yeah, I didn't know so- that. Absolutely. So it's um, and that affects a lot of things. It affects a, a lot of things within the economy, because whatever you implement, anything to do with tourism, you implement that. You know, you're only going to get money coming in for for that period of the of the time of the year, right? So, yeah. so yeah. So it, it very different two sides of the tourism sector. Let's say very vibrant and and attracting more more and more people every year. And and then you've got the out of season time where things are kind of everything shut up, uh, all the restaurants stop, less people. A lot of a lot of these small towns with that we you know take you take away the visitors, and you're left with everybody who lives there. Very small indeed. You know, Croatia is a country with four just four and a half million altogether. You see what I mean? So it's yeah. again, but again, if you're looking for that and you you appreciate that, and uh, if you want to go for that, then that's that's wonderful, you know. Yeah. So um, in a in a relatively small country, you have quite a 
a lot of diversity in terms of like options, you know, like you can, you can escape, you can be in cities, you can be in small rural towns, you can have hills and mountains or, or national parks or, or right. island life. And absolutely, yeah. you got it there. So you got the islands, you got the lovely cities, you got the, the Roman, uh, Roman cities, wonderful national parks, which are un many of them unlike anywhere else you've ever seen the wonderful waterfalls of Plitvice, um, 16 different cascading waterfalls all together, um, um, really, really amazing views you know, within yeah. this almost central part of the, of the country. You've got the northern parts. Again, you've got the kind of Baroque towns and Baroque, little Baroque cities and towns, which really have this kind of, as I say, Vienna feel to them, that continental style of, of, of architecture. Yeah, and then you've got, you know, you're very close to, very close to Italy, northern part, uh, sorry, um, the eastern part of, of, of Italy, not too far from Venice. Again, if you want to make that trip across from, from Istria, there's, there's boats that go straight across to, to, to Venice. Slovenia border, Hungarian border, not too far away. If we go down the south, again, uh, Bosnia is just a stone's throw away from, if you're in Dalmatia, not far away at all. So you can really discover that if you really want to discover, if you're here, if you're a digital nomad and you're thinking, okay, I want to a place which is which is relaxed, a place where I can really focus on my work. But when I, when I put my, when I turn off, when I log off, I can really um, enjoy and discover something different, something new and, and, and really feel like, feel curious about things and good weather and good food. Then, and you want to discover things that are close by that maybe you haven't seen before. You know, Croatia, Croatia is, 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 is certainly a choice, certainly a good choice on that list. Yeah, it's, it's somehow a place that keeps evading me. I've wanted to go for, for years and I've missed it somehow. It's been just pushed up back up to the top of my bucket list with our conversation here today, Peter. So thank you for, for reminding me uh, of all the reasons why I need to make it uh, the next place on my, on my, uh, list of places to go for sharing some insider knowledge and also for, for talking some about, you know, this, this subject of how to portray ourselves both virtually and, and in person, um, it all wrapped up into a really nice Great. mix of, of content yeah, for our listeners. Absolutely, so appreciate absolutely. it. And listen, listen, if, if anyone is, you know, out there and you're thinking about Croatia, you're, it's on your mind. You're thinking maybe either just to visit here, to work here for a month or two, which you, you, you know, you can, you can, you can easily do that and, and come in as a, as a, as a tourist and have a little bit of a trial period. Or if you're really seriously thinking, you know, this is, this could actually be my next destination or first destination working remotely and then, you know, bringing, you know, having that identity of a, of a digital nomad, then, um, you know, I think the best thing to do is you can either, you know, reach out to me, but even better, uh, the Digital Nomad Association, which is, which was created this year, start of this year, I think a good friend of mine called Tanya, just have to reach out to her. So Digital Nomad Association, you can find it online on, on LinkedIn. Um, that'll give you lots of information. Reach out to a, a lady called Tanya and she will give you, uh, she's an um, Australian who's been here quite a few years as well um, with Creation Roots. She, you know, she, she can give you everything. She can tell you everything you need to know, the ins and outs of becoming a, a digital nomad, uh, certainly here in, uh, in Split, but she'll give you information about the whole of Croatia as well. 
Ah, fantastic. We'll maybe need to get her on the show and, um, and supplement what the good info that you've already shared. We'll, um, I've got links to all your, your websites and your social handles and, and everything to go in the show notes. If you want to mention anywhere that people should follow you here while they're listening, uh, feel free to feel free to tell them where to go. Listen, I mean, the only thing really, you know, if, if you're listening to this, you're thinking to yourself, perhaps, you know, I need me, my teams, the company I work for, you know, we need to, we need to brush up on, on the way we show up online and on the way we connect with potential clients, the way we connect through meetings, the way we, we, um, you know, boost up that, that, that trust and engagement when we're dealing with, uh, with, with virtual exchanges, then, um, you know, please do reach out to me, reach out to me on LinkedIn, maybe a little note to say that you've listened to this podcast, this conversation. So I know, uh, so I know where you're coming from. Um, and then, uh, and then we can, you know, see where we can collaborate right now. I'm, I'm, you know, really focused on over the last eight, eight, nine months, in fact, um, virtual presence and, and speaking training really to boost that engagement for, for leaders, for teams, for, for, um, for anyone that really needs to or really values what it means to communicate well and getting really, really comfortable and good at using these virtual settings. Yeah. To make yourself look good, sound good, and, uh, and maybe even stand out from the others that, that will continue to do it uh, really badly. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Very good skill to brush up on these days. Uh, Peter, thank you. This was great. I really enjoyed it. And uh, like I said, Croatia's back up at the top of the list. I can't wait to, to get there and uh, hopefully in real life we can, uh, we can get together and, and have a, have a drink and sit down and talk in real life soon. Definitely. And I, uh, you know, hopefully we can do that and meet in person and, and maybe even do this again in another, on another topic. Yeah. <laughs> Sounds great. Thank you again so much. And yeah, we will, we will be in touch. Appreciate it. Thanks so much. Thanks for tuning in today from wherever you are in the world. Once again, I'm Chase, and this has been another episode of About Abroad. You can visit aboutabroad.com to get our latest updates and listen to past episodes, or find us on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, uh, really anywhere you get your podcasts. On that note, if you enjoyed the show, feel free to subscribe, and if inclined, leave a few stars and a review. It's truly, truly appreciated and will help more wanderers just like you find us. Until the next time, adios from España.